0: Bring you all of the local motocross racing from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. The Imperative MX Podcast. Here's another episode. And we're back and ready to rip here on the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 21. And man, we're glad to be back for another week and another episode. We are bringing you all of the local motocross action from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. Thank you so much for joining us this week on yet another episode. I am your host, Zach Newberry, and we would like to thank everyone who has been enjoying these first couple of episodes already and the great positive feedback from these, from you guys, the listeners, has been phenomenal. If you have not yet checked out any of the past episodes, Make sure to do yourselves a favor and check them out after this one, which is now available everywhere Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Pandora, Listen Notes, and many more to choose from to listen to the past episodes with awesome guests. It is fantastic to see the support from the local community and even outside the local communities, support in the sport of motocross. And we are a part, all of us, even you, the listeners. Are a part of an awesome sport, and I want to thank you guys, the listeners, of course, for tuning in to this week's episode here on the Imperative MX podcast for yet another great episode. And speaking of great episodes, we have a lot to talk about when it comes to local racing all the way to professional and everything in between. With that, there are a good amount of talking points to chat about within this episode. First, we're gonna actually switch up the gears here on the podcast, and not actually start with local motocross. But don't worry, we we're we're gonna get we're gonna get there, and you're gonna and you're gonna see why. But we do have a call in from second place rider overall in the AMA Arena Cross series this year, Kyle Bitterman, about his Arena Cross season, about uh, doing some Supercross races this year, what the plan for the remainder of uh, this year for him, and much more. And then we will get back into local motocross with the highly favored local legend segment with none other than Jed Dry about everything that went down at the ridge. He was part of the crew that put the whole thing together. So it will be awesome to talk to him about that. Riding, actually, or in racing, actually, my RMZ 450 on Sunday. And uh, much more to get in from Jed Dry. I've known that guy for such a long time. It's going to be good to finally have him on the podcast. And then finally, after all of that, we will break down all of the action heading into, it's a little bit of like a preview, heading into round 12 of the Monster Energy MA Supercross Championship that happens this weekend in Glendale for the third Triple Crown of the year. But make sure to check us out by searching Imperative MX on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and our popular TikTok channel if you have not already done so. And thank you guys so much for supporting us on all of the social media platforms as we continue to grow. Before we go any further, we have to say thank you to all of the sponsors on board here on the Imperative MX podcast. West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Silver Valley MX Park, Hydropower dirt industries custom graphics mika metals and the brand new sponsor on board total control racing suspensions and don't forget to check out ImperativeMX.com when you get a chance a ton of new things are in the works and already live i'm not gonna lie i've been lacking this week but work my full-time work has been absolutely uh destroying me this week and uh, starting to get hot but anyways uh There's so much things that I'm getting ready to do on the website, so make sure to go and check that out. Purchase those products directly from the link on the website at the top of the banner. Quick and easy for you guys. We'll be doing updates, reads, galleries, and so much more here in 2023, so be on the lookout for more coming on ImperativeMX.com. And, of course, we will get into each of these awesome companies beyond us here in just a bit. Support the ones that support the sport like these companies helping us out to bring you these podcasts weekly and helping me break down all of the talking points for tonight's podcast, the highly likable, knowledgeable, and, of course, your District 29 2011 C-Class champion co-host, Heavy D. What's going on, Heavy? What's up, What's up dog? What are you doing? Oh,
1: dude, sit here chilling with, with my lady and the youngin'. And, <laughs> dude, I'm sorry, but we love how you bring me in, bro. I feel so accomplished.
0: <laughs> yeah, you all hyped up.
1: Oh, dude, I get so stoked. I feel like John Jones when he made his return to
0: UFC. Oh man. That is so good. Man, we have a we have a lot to get into this uh in this new episode. And of course, we were at the ridge this weekend and we got to announce in the tower. Um, man, we have a lot to break down, and before we get into anything. West Virginia Motorsports, if you are looking for your next ride, look no further than my friends over at West Virginia Motorsports if you are around the surrounding area and looking for a brand new pre-owned motorcycle, dirt bike ATV, UTV, whatever it is make sure to stop by Princeton West Virginia and go to uh, West Virginia Powers, or Motorsports don't forget to order your parts for your current bike through West Virginia Motorsports or alongside walking out the door with that brand new ride find your key to fun don't forget to uh, grab those oil filters and air filters on the way out with whatever rod you, you have and of course Heavy D do not catch them on fire and I cannot believe at the ridge nobody there was no stories of anybody trying to uh, recreate that so thank god Heavy D
1: yeah you got that right mm-hmm. you got that right
0: <laughs> Don't don't do that don't do that
1: no, no, no! You don't want to do that. Trust me. No, you know what? Trust you.
0: Yeah. Trust you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah. Just, just don't. Uh, man. Before we bring uh Kyle Bitterman here on uh the Imperative MX podcast, but Heavy D, man, we had a great time at the Ridge this weekend for the return there in beautiful Sanford, Virginia. You stayed at uh my pops' crib, which is in Pittsburgh, which isn't down, isn't too far down the road. Man, I, I had a great weekend, and I know you did too.
1: Oh, dude, it was it was so sick, bro. Like, I'm still like super, like beyond pumped on how the weekend went. Like, the racing was unreal. You know, got to watch Je- Jebediah shred the RMZ. Yep, and you know, got to watch. You know, honestly, we got to announce the return of an iconic track, one of the most iconic tracks uh, in, you know, the North Carolina, South Carolina area. And, dude, it was so sick, honestly. Like, the atmosphere, like, I think everything went so smooth. It's just, it's crazy how smooth it went.
0: Yeah, man, it it really did. Even on Saturday, when um, we had a little bit of intermission because of the rain that came through, man, people thought that we were You know, just having the podcast up there and we were just doing whatever, but realistically me and you just sat up there and chit chatted the entire time about local motocross racing and it seemed like a lot of people really, really appreciated that.
1: Oh, hundred percent. You know, what I really liked the like the most too is, you know, as a kid, I like I listened to the announcer, you know, but I I never like listen, listen and I thought it was cool like the amount of kids that came up and was like super like into what we were talking about and asking questions like about, you know, you racing Tomac and those guys and who we raised. It's like they wanted to know more. It's almost as if we didn't give enough detail. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> <which> we, <laughs> I mean, they, everybody was still pumped on it, but it's like, I think that they were just super interested in like the backgrounds and stuff, you know, your background, my background, and just, you know, the place we've been in the sport. And I think it was pretty cool, like, you know, for the local locals, you know, just to get a little bit more insight. And they just – I think it was just all around good. They wanted to hear what we had to say. That's what I really liked the most.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one of the things that we talked about was just uh, growing the sport and trying to do the best that we can uh, to grow it, uh, even at a local level. And, you know, there was so much deep – and rich history uh, within Shit. that place, uh, just as far as AMA goes, and um, just the area and the dirt. I mean, it's a it's a gnarly track, heavy D.A. It it got gnarly there on Sunday.
1: Oh, dude it it got so gnarly. I was like, okay, like this is what I'm talking about. Like, I, that's why I like so many of the changes they made. You know, I know we ain't getting super into it because we're gonna talk about it later, but that's what i like about the changes they made as well like it made it even more raceable and more spectator friendly like it was sweet before but like the lines and how it all flowed it just made for some fantastic racing dude so the whole track was just raceable and and you could just look at it and tell
0: oh absolutely i mean just from us being in the announcer's tower the first time and we got to really just look around and see everything and i mean we really could see everything and yeah they changed so much to the track and of course like you said we'll get into it uh in a little bit but yeah just like you man i am i'm so stoked and can't wait um for the next time that we go to the ridge and how iconic it was and we were in the in the booth and we had live timing up there i mean it was it was pretty crazy but um, we'll talk to that. We'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But let's switch gears a little bit and talk with second overall in the AMA Arena Cross Series this year. Lasting Impressions Honda racer Kyle Bitterman. Miko Metals. Miko strives to be the leader in product quality. Their bars are constructed of 6061 aerospace aluminum and have a unique design that allows them to retain maximum strength. While still having the flex riders' desire, Mika sprockets are made from 7075 Aerospace Aluminum, the highest standard in the industry. Their unique tooth design maximizes wear and lets you ride longer. So make sure to go and check out MikaMetals.com. Check out their inventory and see for yourself. And speaking of Mika Metals, we have one of their riders on the phone right now. Kyle Bitterman, you finished second overall uh, this year. I appreciate you coming on to the uh, Imperative MX Podcast
2: absolutely yeah and absolutely uh Mika metal that's what we run bars sprockets chain uh grips all that stuff but yeah no man we're out here at bike night in greenville with my uncle and we're having a good time and uh figured uh come on and talk to you guys as well
0: yeah man yeah man we it's been a while we talked to you after round number one after that crazy crazy crash over the finish line in the heat race and uh now we're at the end of uh of the super or of the uh AMA Arena Cross season and uh, man you came up uh just short on KP again but amazing battles throughout an amazing uh season I watched every single race uh, through Ride TV um how do you feel afterwards now looking back on it since uh it's been about a week or so since the finale
2: yeah you know overall you know, I'm pumped how it turned out you know to come second I was uh, second last year you know you always strive to be number one but kp is good man but hey from if honestly if i could say where we started to where we are now we just made uh myself our team we all made crazy progress like uh throw back to round one you know i rode my 450 we didn't even have our race bike yet i had surgery in december uh, then we kind of got the ball back growing in january and from that point on, we just got a little better, a little better, a little better, to the point where we were kind of fighting for possible wins, and we never fully got that that W that we we wanted and we were looking for. But uh, yeah, I, overall, you know, I I was becoming a better rider by the end of the main or end of the season. Yep. And yeah, just you know, I guess we're kind of going to keep that ball rolling going into twenty twenty four. So that's that's the plan.
0: Yeah, for sure, and. I mean, I know that there was a couple of races, and even Salem included, um, that you know you had to lead, and just you know you just needed that little bit more to get it. To, like if the checkered flag waved like three or four laps before, you would have it. But yeah, KP just ended up getting you in the end, and um, man, it, it it's it's gotta be it's gotta be almost. Uh, almost kind of devastating but at the same time from where you guys were at in the beginning and with your surgery and all that to where you guys got to in the end I mean it's got to be uh really good for yourself and the team to at least pull it off and and come in second and do the entire series
2: yeah exactly like you said you know I think we fought for I think five or six main event wins and a lot of them I think were in the uh main two so main two, you know, we only have a few minutes break between main one.
0: Yeah. And The second
2: main is, I think it's uh, two minutes longer, which doesn't sound like much, but on arena cross track, it's like uh, four or five extra laps, and those last four or five extra laps really uh, put a damper on me. And I was already feeling it, and uh, I just didn't have that little bit of spunk and fight for it. But yeah, hey, we're gonna we're gonna work on that for next year. You know, we're gonna have more of a better off season me and the team has come up with a different plan. So uh, we're going to plan on staying on the bike throughout the summer and not kind of take so much break off and, you know, really come in to 2024 with a a little bit more fight for the actual championship.
0: Yeah. Uh, Overall, how did you like the AMA Arena Cross uh, series this year compared to others uh, as far as just, you know, the logistics background and, um, you know, hyping you guys up and – all of that, like, as a whole, how did the whole uh, AMA Arena Cross uh, championship uh, go this year for you?
2: Man, the, the series was, like, kind of almost brought back to the glory days. I mean, maybe I didn't see the actual glory days. Maybe that was before my time. But I'm saying, like, from, you know, uh, a little bit of the early areas of Feld, when Feld ran it with the Amsoil Arena Cross, you know, we had... Real purse money, real end of the year uh, money to, that we're fighting for. Uh, fighting for the AMA title. Uh, we have opening ceremonies. We got live music. So we got a track party. We're signing autographs. We got the two mains, and it's more of a show. Uh, I think they've done a great job. Robbie Jack, everybody in the arena cross is definitely putting a lot of extra effort to try to get that, you know, that spark back that arena cross once had, and and they've worked a the butt off and. They plan on doing more for next year. So, and I know if anybody gets a chance to come out to one and check it, check it out, or watch them on TV. Honestly, it's way better in person than watching on TV. TV makes it look okay, but it's way better in person.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I, I was only able to unfortunately make one round this year. And next year, hopefully, uh, we can make more. But. Uh, that Salem track, man, it it got a lot of guys, and of course in arena cross, you know, uh, you always have the top guys, and then you always have uh the lower set. But man, at Salem, it seemed like it almost wanted to bite everybody.
2: Yeah, the few of the rounds, I think we got some dirt that was uh, a bit on the soft side, maybe just you know, maybe from the winter or, or maybe a new dirt that hasn't been in that venue yet. Yep, that we we're probably dealing with. And it just didn't have that time to dry out and it got really ruddy and some soft spots and like you're saying it was catching a lot of people off guard. And if you weren't if you don't have stiff enough suspension or if you weren't prepared for it to kick you or uh you know, send you in a different direction, it definitely bit you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh the Imperative MX podcast episode number twenty one with lasting impression, second overall in AMA Arena Cross, Kyle Bitterman. Heavy D.
1: Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, So, you are coming back 2024. That's the plan as of now, yes, sir. Okay, okay. Because I know we I, I was at a C21 other week, and I was speaking to Ashley, not trying to put team business out on front street. But, you know, I was curious because, you know, I know you got a family and everything, and you've been going at it pretty hard, but I just felt like a season like you had this year. I felt like this year you've kind of been closer a lot closer this year than in years past and it just seems like everything was it just felt right and y'all you know you and the team you know y'all made a huge step this year so I just feel like I was thinking you know 2024 I wonder if he's coming back because I feel like 2024 will be even better you oh
2: no, absolutely no and, and you're 100% right uh, you know I'm, I'm 30 now I have a family got a, got a little boy but man at 30s I don't think I've ever been so motivated and and the part of the reason is I feel like I've never reached my full potential in arena cross or supercross like I've never whether it's been financial physical or any of that I just feel like I've never had that my true potential what I believe I think I could do and until I get that I'm not gonna stop trying eventually you know uh the time clock will eventually run out, but I still feel like I'm capable of of doing it. And that's why I keep striving for it. And each year I do seem to get a little better. And some years you go backwards a little bit, but you take that experience and you take that knowledge that you learn of why you went backwards. You kind of improve on that. And yeah, I think I can be a better, better rider next year. And I've learned a lot this year. I think uh, I know what I needed to do. definitely work on my fitness and, Uh, a couple small things in the program and I think I can definitely be more of a title contender we had tougher tracks this year and I actually did better this year than than previous years so um, I'm riding better than I have in the past and I just gotta keep that ball going like I said I gotta stay on the bike throughout the summer and not take that big break off and uh, yeah come into 2024 more uh, more more willing to fight for it. you know
1: oh yeah You you know That, that, that's to me, that's what I like. And, you know, it, it's funny. Like, I didn't even realize you were 30, Kyle. Man. Uh, yeah. It's uh, big three oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, about, no, it, don't
0: feel bad, Kyle. I'm about to turn 30 in June. So I'm right there with you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it's, it's just I'm, I'm 30 going on 21.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Right. I like it. So
1: <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, I don't know if it's the fact that, like, you know, if some guys it's like the older they get, it's like they start to pick it up more and the more knowledgeable they get. But I feel like also it's like I've seen you ride for years and it's like to me personally, I don't feel like the technology of the bikes was at the level of your riding. If that makes sense, I felt like your riding was above. Like a little ahead of the bike technology coming up, and I and now I feel like you you're on a bike that you jail with, and it's comfortable for your riding style and technique. If that if that makes sense.
2: No, I I'm right there with you. Just like uh, I've been struggling on the past two years, you know, on a steel frame bike, and those bikes are great, but for whatever reason, it just didn't suit me, and we just could not get the setup on certain areas you know turning or hitting the wolves we just were missing small small parts in that setup and like you're saying i'm back on the honda now and i've seen the gel with it a lot better and yeah the bike's great i think we got we can definitely improve in the some areas of the motor just to make it more arena cross friendly, uh to have more of a bottom end grunt you know we we we've learned a lot this year and we kind of we're fine-tuning our package and uh like I was saying, for, for next year, we have some ideas and things we're definitely going to be working on throughout the summer.
0: Absolutely. Oh, tell yeah. tell I, us a, I, actually a little bit about the Lasting Impressions team that, that you're on. And it seems honestly like it's a complete family package with the whole crew, huh?
2: It, it really is. Honestly, um, the Lasting Impressions, they are a concrete company out of Tri North Carolina. And they're uh, a group of, well, a family that I met. Probably I believe it was four or five years ago. And I just, I did a small little ride in school and I trained his son, Ben. And ever since that day, they just kind of took a liking to me for whatever reason and, and kind of always offered, you know, their, their support, their help, and asked me what, what, what I needed or what, what they could do to help me. And, you know, at the time I, uh, when I was doing that, I was almost burned out of the sport. Yeah. You know, you've had so many promised things that never came through or, or people that just uh, just don't uh, pull through what they, they're telling you and th- what they want to do. And these guys just took a liking to me and they threw some things at me and we really kind of grew each year that uh, I've been with them. And we went from just them helping us out to the next thing you know, we're kind of being like a small team to the next thing you know we got the motorhome and trailer and they're driving around to all the races and their kids racing the amateur and their whole family's involved and uh my family and the Telski family and so it's like you're saying it's a big group of people that are just doing it for the love of the sport and uh, i'm definitely thankful enough that everyone's willing to to go that extra mile just for me to go race a dirt bike you know i like I tell people at the end of the day all we are is racing dirt bikes and sometimes we make it out to be like the biggest thing in the world and we get caught up in our own small world but it's hey, at the end of the day we're racing dirt bikes and we can't forget why we're doing that
0: right because you know it, an actual AMA arena cross to go and do an entire series it costs a lot and um, you know to have everything included in even a small uh, race team right and for them to completely build a team pretty much just around you um has got to be a uh, a very good feeling and even after you said after you know whenever the candle is not lit anymore whenever that time comes you know they still may be racing and you know doing these arena crosses and having this small team and uh it would have never started if it wasn't for you so i think that that's actually a really cool story
2: yeah, and you ne- like you're saying, you never know what that can lead to or what kind of different role I can play as we start bringing more younger guys through the team. If we can keep it going and, you know, keep growing the name, keep growing our, our team, and, and just keep putting results in and just keep showing that we're we're there for the right reason.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you doing Atlanta and you're doing some other uh, East Coast Supercross rounds this year?
2: Yep, that's the plan. We're... Uh, we're going to Atlanta Supercross, uh, New York City, and uh, Nashville Supercross. And beyond that, we're not really sure yet. We're going to see how those go. But we're going in with no expectation, no pressure. Right. Uh, obviously, myself, I have certain uh, expectations that I think I should do or where I should be, but I'm trying to go in open-minded. You know, we we weren't really training for Supercross, but we just want to go in and and, uh, throw our leg in there and see how we do. And, and yeah, hopefully it goes smooth. I definitely like to make the mains, but, uh, supercross is definitely a different animal and those boys are fast.
0: Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. And, uh, I remember we, we talked last year in Atlanta as well, so it'll be good for you to, uh, go there again. Um, any local racing that you've thought about, uh, doing after uh, supercross is finished or really, I guess what's the, what's, what's really next after supercross is done
2: you know i'd I'd love to try i was, I'm trying to get my foot in the door maybe with some with some world supercross, but that seems to be pretty tough with all the teams kind of locked up, but I'd like to be able to do some world supercross stuff right and but other than that, man, just local we might try to bounce around and do a couple money races here and there, and uh we are talking about uh doing a few rounds of outdoors also uh just to keep my fitness levels there throughout the summer and
0: Oh, and just cool.
2: uh something i haven't done i haven't done since i believe 2018 yeah and i usually only did like muddy creek or something that would come around i do like one or two yeah but uh i think you we might try to do 18. buds or
0: you did a you did uh high point it, in 18 right
2: i believe so it's yeah 16 or 17 and 18 i did a couple nationals here and there
0: yeah yeah and, no no. we're trying to get back yeah. in
2: that and Go like ahead. i was telling you guys i just want to stay on the bike a little bit and do some nationals and mix it up with the boys and kind of keep my name relevant
0: yeah no that would be good heavy d any uh any last thoughts we'll let uh kyle get back to the to the bike night there no no
1: i'm good man i'll just i'm excited to talk to him you know i'm pumped he you know he got second in 2024 dude i just i feel 2024 this year so i'm excited for him and yeah I'm, I'm rooting for him, the underdog
0: bro yeah man we're That's always, we're right always rooting for the underdog man hey i tried to get that pre-race interview for you after uh salem but you were gone like a ghost you were gone yeah. and i was like <laughs> all right i understand i understand so um yeah but no man hey i appreciate it a lot i'll see you in atlanta and uh man i'll see you at some more races throughout the year and uh I'm stoked for you, and I'm glad to see where you're at because uh, I remember that little slump that you were in and, and you know all of that. So I'm glad to see where you're at, and I'm glad to see you have a team that's backing you and you're you know, back on a better motorcycle and all of that. So I'll see you in Atlanta, and uh, I appreciate it again.
2: Yeah, absolutely, guys. Appreciate you guys having me on here, and you guys take care, and we'll see
0: you at APL. All right, sounds you know good, Kyle. Appreciate you. See you guys. Later. And that was Kyle Bitterman on the Imperative MX podcast, episode number twenty one. And man, that was uh that was a good one, heavy D. And Kyle, man, he's such a good guy. He's such a good, genuine guy, huh? Oh,
1: dude. Super nice. Like I tell you you can go up talk to him and he'll speak to speak to you like he's known you a whole lot. You never know.
0: Oh, I'm telling and you. He he wouldn't that's why, that's why I like the underdog. Like. That's why I'm such a big fan of the underdog, man. He'll go and talk to anybody. I've seen kids go up to him, and he'll talk to him and almost miss his moto. You know, like, he's just that guy. Super nice,
1: dude, man. Like, he's hard not to like.
0: Yeah, I don't know how anybody really couldn't, couldn't like uh, Kyle Bitterman for sure. Hydropower. Hydropower is formulated by a sports nutritionist to help eliminate elm pump and increase your endurance so you can rise safer and faster. Make sure to go and get your Blue Raz today at drinkhydropower.com. The link is in the description of this podcast for 10% off of your purchase of any of the Hydropower products. And Heavy D first got his taste of some Hydropower up there in the announcer's tower this weekend at the Ridge. How'd you feel, Heavy D?
1: Dude, I'm not gonna lie to you I mean I'm not just saying this Just cause it's like It's a pog But I could actually Tell a difference Like when I had it Saturday And when I didn't have Any Sunday It was like A big difference Like Saturday I felt Like I could talk forever Like I you had I the endurance energized. I felt refreshed dude It was It's actually I see why everybody Drinks it It's legit
0: Yeah no That stuff definitely is legit and it did help me out there i rode the banana on saturday so i did ride I I I i just didn't race but i did ride it was a little muddy at first but hey i did ride and it did help uh with the arm pump and all of that the second time i went around by drinking some hydropower in between the first and second rides so um Man, I I love the flavor. What'd you think about the flavor, Heavy D? Rate it on a scale of one to ten. How do, how was the flavor?
1: Honestly, like the flavor. I would give it. I give it about a a nine. I give it a nine. All
0: right, all right. Hey, we got to get you. A, I got to get you a full bottle because I didn't have a a whole lot uh to uh to give you. But on the next go round, I'm gonna get you a full bottle with a full amount in there. We'll get it all shaked up, real good for you. Let you try, it, let you get the real complete flavor, because that, that one that one might have been about half of what you really needed, Heavy D. So
1: yeah, think, it was only half. I can't really judge it based off that. Yeah, but I mean, I do like the flavor. It, it's got like a killer flavor to it.
0: Oh, it does. Yeah, no, that Blue Raz. If you want to go and get some, uh, nine out of ten, buy Heavy D. So it's got to be good, Heavy D. You know, everybody knows that knows Heavy D knows. That's a tongue twister. Knows that Heavy D knows his food and his drinks. So oh, absolutely. If, if he says that it's good, well, gosh darn it, it's good. Okay? So make sure to go and check out. Yeah. Go and check out drinkhydropower.com. Get your blue razz today. Like I said, the link is in the description of this podcast for 10% off of your purchase of any hydropower products. FXR, we just had Kyle Bitterman on, and he runs FXR. From high-performance snow rider wear to motocross gear, FXR has you covered. The continuing growth of FXR means more selection for you. Jackets, jerseys, pants, gloves, snow gear, motocross gear, whatever you need, FXR has you covered. In my opinion, also in Garrett Marchbank's opinion, in, man, we can go local, Austin Webb's opinion, we can even go more local, and go Jed Dry's opinion, man, it is the best in sizing, fitting, and venting for motocross riding gear. So make sure to go and check out fxrracing.com. Find them on social media as well. Thanks for their continuing support, and we'll get to see the uh, number six machine, Club MX FXR rider out there uh, this weekend in uh, Glendale. Actually, I'm sorry. It will be Enzo Lopes. I'm sorry. We're going to Glendale, Arizona. So it will be the West Coast, and we will see Enzo Lopes uh, this weekend running some FXR along with some other riders as well. Total Control Racing suspension. Man, it doesn't get much local, more local than Chad Newton. He owned an Arena Cross team for 10 plus years. He knows his stuff Luke Neese, Mike McDay, Tyler Bright, Josh Thomas, Jim Chester, Jim Neese, Luke Neese, and so many other legends throughout the years. He has helped with their suspension. Make sure to go and check out Chad at Total Control and thank you for them coming on board in 2023 keeping it really really local with total control and uh I tell you what heavy D if you listeners have not changed your fork tube oil or adjusted your shock or have done anything to your suspension since you have gotten your motorcycle you need to go and do that real fast
1: yeah you don't, it'd be like water up in them units.
0: Yeah, you don't want that muddy, crappy, brown looking like used oil from '93 when I was born. You want that stuff to be crisp and uh, make sure you go and get it serviced. So uh, go and check out uh, Total Control Racing Suspensions. That's totalcontrolsuspension.com. Check Chad out and uh, appreciate Chad for doing. Everything that he does for Imperative MX and uh Silver Valley MX Park Heavy D. Uh the the NCMX round number four this weekend is canceled unfortunately. But tell us a look a, a little bit about the local national.
1: The gnarliest, roughest, biggest track just out there, period. The only local national like you know, I had somebody I didn't, but I was on Facebook and somebody put in like the club in CMX form, they asked what is the closest track or is there any track in North Carolina, South Carolina close to Unadilla? So me personally, I'm like, okay, Unadilla, no. Probably the closest thing is the Ridge. Yep. Jebediah said that, which, which is probably true. It's, I mean, as far as like old school, natural terrain flow, yeah, but, like, I just felt like, you know, Unideal is a one-of-a-kind track. Like, it, it literally just flows with another terrain. It's like, it's a unique track. Yep. But I was like, you yeah, know, but if you're looking for a true, like, amateur or outdoor national style, like, gets the, yes, the roughness, the gnarliness, like, that whole shebang, the Silver Dollar, I mean, Silver Valley, not Silver Dollar, I'm sorry, I don't know why I it think it's that. Oh, but Silver Valley is <laughs> it.
0: Oh, Silver Valley is one of the gnarliest tracks I've ever rode in my life and it flows so well. Once you get into that flow and you get into that groove, man, it feels so awesome from, you know, from a young rider all the way up. You don't even have to do all of the big jumps, but once you find the flow, you can find a good rut in every single corner and you can flow all the way around the track. It is like none other and uh yeah heavy d just there's really nothing else to say other than the only local national
1: yeah v you got that right only local national
0: hey i tell you what keeping it local and what let's keep it even more local and let's get the local legend jed dry on the phone Dirt Industries custom graphics for over 10 years. They've designed, manufactured, and marketed the highest quality dirt bike graphics and decals to the motocross and consumer (laughs) markets. Their high quality decals are considered by many to be the best in the industry. The awesome graphics and decals are utilized by professionals and weekend warriors alike. The highly acclaimed design team is well-equipped to help their customers get the design they want in a short amount of time. The design team provides itself on creativity, collaboration. Not only do they offer superior quality decals and top-notch designs, but at affordable prices at any budget. And that's what Dirt Industries Custom Graphics does for you guys, the listeners, and myself, and even Jed Dry from this weekend. And uh, we do have a local legend here on the Imperative MX Podcast episode, number 21, Jed Dry. What is going on, Jebediah?
3: Not much. Just another another Wednesday, another work day, trying to get ready for the weekend.
0: I hear you on that. And, man, uh, you and the crew got together, and uh, I would say about January, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, about the Ridge, uh, or as known as uh, Devil's Ridge, uh, the iconic motocross track in Sanford, uh, North Carolina, that me and yourself uh, pretty much started uh, it seems like our career in uh, in racing and just motocross in general. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that and kind of the everything moving up until uh, this weekend and the work that you guys did because you guys did a phenomenal job with everything.
3: Yeah, I appreciate that. It was uh it was neat because I've been been racing Devil's Ridge or you know now the Ridge. I've been racing there since '94, and uh, Mark Ches from NCMP him and Mike Farr got together and met the owners now and they had proposed the opportunity to open the track back up. And, you know, as soon as Mark called me, I was like, yeah, yeah, of course, I would love to love to get my hands on devil's Ridge, you know, because we've all raced our whole life and this always needed some changes, but we've always had a good time there. So it's, it's cool to see it back on the schedule. And, you know, we opened up first of the year, we did a soft opening, which, wasn't much sauce about it there was like 250 riders on a sunday so <laughs> it was it was pretty gnarly, pretty gnarly i'd say it was a, a great great opening day for the, the ridge so yeah that was you know pretty neat to see it back in action with that many riders of course
0: yeah no kidding and uh man leading up to the weekend and how much view uh that you guys you know that you guys cleared out in the trees and even after the finish line, going down straight. I liked that so much better. And uh, did you have any say on any of the obstacles or the way that you guys made anything? Uh, did you have some say in, in some of that and was able to work with them about how uh, some of the sections were going to come about?
3: Yeah, of course. I mean, me and Mark, you know, when we get together, it doesn't take much. We get to, to chit-chatting a little bit about what what would work best for what area. And, you know, usually when I build a track, I try to look around for what we have for drainage and, and try to base everything upon what the land is like already. So, you know, depending on what obstacles will work best and what areas is what we, we try to aim for. So it wasn't hard to find a good vision on the track because we didn't didn't want to change a lot because it's, it's one of the old school style tracks in our, in our state. So yeah. we wanted to keep the old school till, but, you know, pump it up a little bit, put some jumps in there. Uh, give you a little bit of time to breathe and and give the spectators a better viewing area. So that's why we went back to the to the whole shot corner and tried to add that section, that new section in, to uh, just give the crowd something to watch. You know, they can be trackside and and it just looks better all around. You know, it's cleaned up. There's a lot of work been done on the the infield was was more of a mess than the track was. I would say.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I was about to say because I mean I, I'm sure that probably a dozer hasn't gone gone through some of that stuff since 1979. So, um, yeah.
3: <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, and there was more
0: tires than I've ever ever imagined <laughs> seeing uh
3: in the track, you know i, I never thought there'd be six thousand tires, but I think it was like six thousand and one, maybe <laughs> oh my so. gosh,
0: that's that's unreal, and uh, man, talk to me about the first time that you got to ride it after uh you guys uh kind of finished up with it. I saw a little bit of the video and uh man i bet you that probably had to feel good to get, be back on that uh iconic motocross track in in uh, north carolina did you know that mr cameron was the first uh track to bring ama to north carolina at devil's ridge or at the ridge
3: really that's neat. I, i've heard that before but i didn't know if that was a yeah a true statement or just you know something that had been said but uh so yeah, I heard that was the original AMA motocross track from North Carolina. So that's yep. that's neat to know that.
0: Yeah, Mark came up and told us uh, right there on Saturday morning, right, Heavy D.
1: Yeah, when he told us that, I was like, "Dang, dude!" Like, yeah, I didn't know that. It's like this place is super iconic. So if, if I, didn't you know, I was telling that I was like, it's just Devil's Ridge. The ridge now is just one of those places, you know it it's like a historical site. It's just meant to be there. It ain't meant to be knocked down. It's none of that. It's meant to be right where it is. Yeah, yeah.
0: God's got his hand on it and says, "Hey man, it, it, this this place ain't moving. This place here ain't moving." And uh man, it's uh, it's awesome to see and uh on Sunday, you got to ride the RMZ and it was funny because on uh I believe it was on Saturday that you were looking at my bike after practice and we were chit chatting a little bit and you were like, man, I'm, I'm actually kind of thinking about one and I'd like to ride one. And sure enough on Sunday, all the stars aligned and you were, you got your, your opportunity to, uh, to race it. So, uh, tell me about it. Tell me about from the moment that you hopped on it during practice and all the way up there until the end and kind of from like the beginning, how you felt, and at the end, how'd how'd you feel? And, uh, I guess kind of, what are your thoughts uh now because the bike's not set up for you it's set up for me so um yeah tell me about it a little bit
3: yeah i mean well i was a mess anyway because i was obviously there to work this weekend and you know i try to help prep the tracks and even in intermission i was prepping the tracks. so uh that comes first and then racing comes second and uh the, the battery was dead on my honda sunday morning and i was in a hurry so when i asked to ride the suzuki i didn't know what to suspect until i got on it and uh you know, of course, I got two or three practice laps, and I thought it felt really good. I mean, it's, it's a stable bike. It's got a really smooth power, which is nice because it actually, you know, helps me out a little bit. You know, if I get older, I can't can't hold on to the rocket ships like I used to. So <laughs> yeah, right. The power was, was, was perfect. And uh, it's funny, I actually whole shot almost every moto that thing was up front. So yeah. it definitely has plenty of power and uh i put my kicking boot on you know i had my garnets on thinking i was gonna have to really kick that thing over but dude, it barely barely took any effort to start it so i was very impressed by the bike honestly and uh it's kind of made me think about getting one just due to contingency and stuff like that so being not set up for me i felt pretty good on it you uh, yeah. i would ride it
0: again. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, I, I mean, we it. were watching the battles up in the tower, myself and heavy D. You know, we did some announcing, so I know you heard us two idiots up there uh, you know, oh, bro- <laughs> broadcasting and, and yelling for some eighty five racing, which hey, some of those 80- those eighty five races were good this weekend, man. I was yelling at the top of my lungs. I'm surprised I I didn't have a uh a voice when I came back, but uh it stayed intact and uh yeah, we were watching up there from the announcers tower and I was like, man, Jebediah looks like he is he is finding his flow on the banana out there. And uh yeah, man, it was uh it was really cool to see you, uh to see you out there on the on the bike and also the track too. Um the Imperative MX podcast, episode number twenty one, local legend segment brought to you by Dirt Industries Custom Graphics with Jed Dry. Heavy D. Yeah,
1: dude. It's- it was funny. I was watching and I was telling Zach, I was like, dude, honestly, like no matter what Jed hops on, he's going to ride the hell out of it. But even, <laughs> though, it was, even though it wasn't set up for you, it, it's crazy. I was like, dang, like he's still running up front, like, and doing hella good. And that thing ain't even close to being set up for him. Like it was, I was just like, dang. So he he must actually be comfortable on the bike.
3: I I try to adapt to something as soon as I ride it I, I figure out you know if it's depending on what the suspension does I'll try to try to ride accordingly you know and, and figure it out as fast as possible but if it's easy to figure out then it's easy to ride you know so that was a bike that was pretty easy to ride and easy to figure out and it didn't take much to uh, to, to run up front on it but obviously I feel like with a little setup I could be just as fast on that as I would anything else so definitely worth taking a gander at being that the uh, contingencies for NCMX series is pretty good
0: on, on the Suzuki so yeah $150 oh, yeah. a win Jed
3: uh, no, I know I could have made some money this week maybe <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah you could Yeah, you could have uh, what would you think about the BF uh, RC Shock I, I didn't change it I told I told Chad to leave it alone because I honestly like uh, the little bit of time that I've messed with it I really like the Shock Absorber over the spring uh, on the Suzuki so far. Uh, did you, I mean, did it, was it different for you?
3: The shock felt good. Um, I actually like the shock probably a little better than the forks. And the forks were good. They turned good. They were stable. I felt like when I'm, which I'm a really big front brake rider. Yeah. So I ride the front brakes so a lot going into a corner. And I feel like I would get it a little further down the stroke than what I'm used to on maybe my Honda. But, um yeah honestly throughout the day i felt better and better and better as i rode it so and you know saturday i had a pretty pretty good crash for for old man um
0: i crashed back for my
3: buddy's yeah i went into the rim pretty good so i don't know if sunday was really uh the best day to be racing for me but you know we made it happen so it worked out the best
0: hey roger racers race race. man racers race
3: yeah i could not race especially after like you said the track's iconic um I've always loved I've always loved racing there because it's always been a good track to race on. Yeah, and the dirt is the dirt's not comparable to anything else. Uh, it's actually one of the tracks that still has a lot of really good dirt left on it. So,
0: yeah, no, I was the,
3: looking forward to getting getting in it.
0: Yeah, no, the dirt is one of the best. I think really the only real problem was the uh, table or the tabletop in the middle was that was probably the the biggest concern. Uh, other than the start being really dry those couple of years when they had like a regional and yeah. an area there, but that tabletop and the kicker, that was, that was probably the biggest issue there on the, on the track was some of the faces. And this weekend, um, we only had that one that happened, uh, or that kicker that was on the finish line there, but you guys were quick to go back and fix it. And, you know, everything was good. And it was just from the soft, uh, of the rain that happened on, uh, on saturday um but o- overall that track is is so good and i think it even for the little guys it is a great track for you know ruts and you know gnarly breaking and bumps and some jumps and all of that i mean you know there were there were so many good riders out there and uh yeah the track's super iconic and you know we've been racing it you said since 94 and jed just to let you know i was born in 93 bro so, well, how old are you? You're
3: yeah. a little younger than me,
0: huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not far I'm not far behind you. Wait, how old are When were you born? Or wh- how old are you? 90. Oh, okay. 90. So you, oh, okay, so, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're not you're not too far too far in front of me, but I'm catching up. So um Yeah, you're catching up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Heavy D? How old are you, D? Yeah.
3: Say it
0: again. How old are you? I'm 28.
3: 28, okay.
1: Which is crazy to believe. I sort it seemed just like yesterday. I was only like 15, but <laughs> now I'm 28, yeah, got kids. Oh, dude, that's what, like like I was, we was saying, like, when we was announcing, I was like, dude, once you hit 125, time starts to go by quick.
3: Oh, yeah, it, it does. And especially just racing. I mean, racing is a different world for people that doesn't, that don't do it. They don't understand, you know, for an average racer, if you race, you know, pretty often, then your weeks go by fast, your weekends go by fast, and time just goes by because you're always chasing the race, you know. So you don't really pay attention to everything during the week or slow down. You stay busy so you can get there on the weekend, and then, you know, that comes and goes pretty quick, too. So time does fly by.
1: No, you're right about that. (laughs) Like, now I see why, like, a lot of the older races, you know, the vet guys, which I can't really say. I, I'd be a bad guy now, but it's like yeah. th- they say, like, enjoy it because, like, like you say, when you're working during the week to go ride during the week and you look forward to it, that shit flies by so fast. So, like, yeah. it's like all the moments you take for granted are, like, the moments you get pissed off about, hate, dude, enjoy them, like, as much as possible because it, it flies by. It goes by in a blink.
3: Yeah, it was good to see, uh, like, see you guys out there this weekend, and, and honestly, being the first race back, having good announcers makes a big difference. So uh, it was it was awesome to have, have two good announcers. You guys, you did a killer job. And there was a few times I could hear you through my helmet while I was racing, so <laughs> the Suzuki exhaust was nice and quiet too. I like that; it's not too loud. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, it was good, man. Like me and Zach, we've been, you know, when I met Zach, you were actually living in Stanford. Yep. So the ridge was your. Your local track, you know. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it,
0: here's a here's a funny fact for you. If you didn't hear it, first ever AMA race was at the ridge, and the first ever time I ever announced was what 22 years later at the exact same place. So, really, yeah. So you,
3: that was your first. that was your first day announcing.
0: That was my first ever time announcing. Really, that was awesome. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so, You did a good job. Yeah, I appreciate okay. that. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, uh, did you ever you hear got more memories? Did you hear any of the, uh, the intermission whenever, uh, well you, I know that you were dealing with the track a little bit there, but did you hear any of the, uh, intermission talk that we had?
3: Um, remind me, what was it about? Uh, oh, we, my, were just, I may
0: have. we were just talking pretty much just about local racing and stuff, right? Heavy D. I
3: think I was listening yeah. to that for a little bit because before I got on the tractor, I was washing my bike or washing your bike and getting it cleaned up. So, um, yeah, I remember I, I was listening. and I heard y'all talking about local local racing and local legends and uh, stuff like that, but I didn't hear hear too much of it. I, I, was, I was pretty business. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, what what keeps what keeps you going, Jed? Like what what keeps what keeps you w- coming back to these local motocross races and and you know designing these tracks and helping track promoters and all of that. Like you've been in it for so long, right? But what really is like the reason why you keep coming back and keep doing it year after year after year? Because I don't I mean, you may have had like one or two years that I know of that you might have kind of stopped or didn't ride for a little bit, but I feel like you've just always been here in the sport in this district twenty nine NCMX uh area pretty much damn near your entire life. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I've stayed pretty local. I mean I was actually talking to little Timmy Fulp earlier on um, the way home from work. We were talking about, you know, traveling around and doing some racing. And, and I have a few spurs where I like to travel and go hit some programs and different races. But to me, just the local scene is so, I don't know, it's just a very happy place to be. The the people at our local races at the NCMX Series, they're, they're always just a joy to be around. It's a fun place to be. And the older I get, the more that I realize that's you know that's my extended family and that's the place I want to be. And and watching the kids race and stuff, you know, I like to I like to give back. And just like Heavy D and yourself, you know, you want to give back to the sport. And and being able to to make a dollar or work in the industry, whatever keeps you, you know, that's what keeps me going. It's just like the kids and being able to do something in the industry. And you know, I've always been on equipment, so I guess my niche was was designing tracks and doing that. So it's just something I don't. I wouldn't really change it for anything I've done a lot of stuff and I always go back to the same local racing and trying to help out the local scene as much as I can. Um, especially with the kids and stuff. So I remember being a kid and there's certain tracks I would have loved to see a change every now and then. and there's, You know, a lot of the track owners just didn't do a lot with them. So we went, you know, five or 10 years riding the exact same layout. So it's neat to change it up and be able to be a part of that and, and keep people excited about coming back. So that's kind of why I like to stay around because I want to see the new faces and see people show up every year and, and be excited about riding dirt bikes because that's what I've always done. you know.
0: Yeah, and that's, I mean, you literally hit the nail on the head with pretty much everything on why myself and Heavy D created this podcast is just for that exact reason to grow the sport. I mean, how cool would it have been in the early 2000s for somebody to have a podcast talking about The race that we literally just went to, you know, like, and talk about everything that went down and behind the scenes and, you know, all of this stuff, like, you know, that would, that would, that's the whole reason that I wanted to do it. And another reason too, is like, is like, is as we get older, right? Like, um, you know, life hits us with certain things. Right. And, you know, you get a little bit of, um, confidence and motivation and, um, Even just some um, gratification, just being at these races, right? Because we're older, right? And myself and you, right, we're we're good on dirt bikes, and we've had a good career on dirt bikes, right? But me and yourself, we're not cocky about it, and we don't honestly probably don't even really even want to talk about it. But at the same time, yeah, really
3: don't care but...
0: Yeah, and you, I'm kind of the same way. Heavy D can attest. Like I'd much rather talk about everybody else than myself. But Heavy D just wants to wants to blow me out. But whatever, it'll be all right. <laughs> so, but um, man, when the kids come up and they're excited to talk to you, and you just see in their eyes like they're looking at Batman or they're looking at like one of their superheroes or something like that. Like I think that that's cool because myself, like. I don't know, like, you know, pick a a local legend that we grew up with, right, and going to go watch them ride and if we got to talk to them for like two or three minutes, like, dude, that was awesome to us. Like, I can't believe that Futrell talked to me on the line before the gate dropped or, you know, whatever the case may be, right? Like, but now we're almost in their shoes, you know? So it's it's cool to give back to the community like you said, and I guess that was kind of a different example of that, but man, I, I, I feel like the local community needed something different and I feel like uh, the NCMX series and um, you know District 13 and all of that is getting something different with all of us that really have been in the sport for quite a while with Charlie Fords from PR Motorsports to you doing all of the track design and track promotions and Heavy D with his track building and him helping me here on the podcast and then myself like there's a lot more people obviously but just here in the group like It's cool to see that we all have the same uh, vibe and the same feeling towards uh, this sport because I don't think that we would be the same person uh, that we are today if we didn't have uh, the local motocross uh, scene kind of in our blood and what we want to do, right? So,
3: No, I mean, absolutely not. Like, I agree 100% on that. And that's, you know, like you said earlier, we're not – we're not old but we're older and we have knowledge you know we, we're knowledgeable about the sport we're knowledgeable we're, we're knowledgeable about the tracks um and just knowledgeable in general about about the motocross scene in, in general so it's nice to give that knowledge back to whether it's a new guy coming up a kid you know i got friends from the military that race now that just started and uh you know i try to help them out with bike maintenance or teach them how to do air footers properly just just basic knowledge you know and that's just giving that's giving back and that's something that for the rest of their life don't know how to do an air filter or know how to tighten their chain correctly or might even know some tech tips on riding you know it's just yep. whatever i can get back to just help somebody else you know because we all know you remember being a kid and bikes blowing up or or learning the hard way as you know my dad would say it and we learned the hard way so it's kind of nice to be able to help other people not have to go that route and save some money because it is expensive
0: but uh yeah for sure.
3: Just for the track building thing, I mean, it's something that I never, never thought I'd be doing. Probably 15 years ago, I would have not guessed I was building tracks locally for the, for the races, you know, that we're going to be racing on. So, it's neat how opportunities do come about. And like same thing with you guys. Like I never thought I'm not heavy D for a long time. Never would I thought he'd be on the dozer building the jumps that we're jumping and riding. You know, <laughs> but, <laughs> me either. No, he's he's like either. Me neither. There he is. He's in there. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought Heavy Dude would be as quiet as he is tonight either. You know, that's a,
1: lot of, a little different.
0: I, I know. You know, I, you baby, know, you you know what I'm telling?
1: No, it's it's funny just because, like, you know, like Jeff. I've known Jeff for a long time. You know, I've been around Zach a lot. I watch Zach race a lot. It, it's funny we didn't like, you know, really talk until later on. It's like the crazy thing you meet these people in racing, and like you got a lot you hang out with and you know and uh, and then it's like you become good buddies with them but like you know I grew up around you I grew up watching it it's like I think it's cool like now it's like you know a lot of knowledge I learned from you I learned from a lot of different guys you know what I mean yep. so yep. So like for me now like yes, yeah, I think it is pretty rad like I learned to run a dozer at that you know young age you know equipment and stuff and now I do get to build tracks which is pretty sweet but like even for riding, like I, I mean, yeah, I raced C class. I mean, I felt like I was decent, wasn't nothing great, but I think for me, it, it's pretty crazy now because the I learned a lot, and like you say, it's passing on that knowledge. It's it's a lot more weird for me because I was that kid taking in all the knowledge, and I yeah. you know I still use it to this day, but passing it on, it's it's a bit weird. It's just a sign that I'm getting old, I guess. <laughs> nice, yeah we all are but at the same time i, I mean the next
3: you know zach says back to him saying why do i keep coming back and that's you know i feel pretty young to be my age in a sense of when i go racing you know I, i've taught these kids you know especially like the 50 riders when my helmet's on i'm not the exact same Jed dry anymore
0: you know? yeah yeah i'm a very
3: chill, humble guy in the pits and like you know i'm I'm stoked to be there, and I'm happy. Try to be as happy as possible. But when my helmet's on, I'm there to race. Like, I'm stoked to race, and I don't think about being out of shape. I don't think about my back hurting. You know, I don't think about none of that. Like, when the helmet's on, it's you know, that's, I'm, I'm a superhero in a sense. you know? yeah, That's that, my alter yep, ego. Yep, I'm, a, yep. I'm, a, I'm a racer,
0: yep, you
3: yep. know, and that's just how it is. So if I, I feel like if I take the helmet off and leave it off too long, then I'll probably just turn into an old man. so
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> I honestly, keep coming you, back every weekend. You honestly hit that uh nail on the head, damn near perfect because I've tried to like figure out for myself and and you're right like as soon as because for myself, like I know that I am out of shape. I got humbled by by uh Kendrick and Forbes at Birch Creek like two or three weekends ago. And I was like, oh, my God. Dude, I came off the track. I was pissed. I was like, no way. Like, you know, like, no offense to them. Maybe they, they were riding great. You know what I'm saying? But for my entire life, I have pretty much beat them, you know? And for that to happen yeah. and I just blow up in, like, an, a lap and a half, I was so mad, you know? But five minutes later, you give me a second, and I'm, you know, I'm happy-go-lucky, my, my same self. But you're right. Like, as soon as you put on the helmet... It is a different animal and a different beast. But yeah, when you come off the track, I mean it's all good. Everybody everybody's having a good time. Like yeah, like
3: Oh, yeah. I mean that's just and that's a racer mentality. I mean, it wouldn't if you didn't have that mentality, you wouldn't necessarily be hundred percent of a racer because I feel like that's just the way it's supposed to be. When you put the helmet on, you know, you don't wanna be cocky but you wanna be confident because we're doing something that's pretty technical. So if you don't have the confidence to do it, or if when you put your helmet on, you're not in the zone you need to be in yeah. to go out there and perform, then it's hard to perform, you know? Yep. So Exactly. But sometimes, you know, I tell people I'm like, dude, I get beat up with my helmet on because I'm I'm a big guy with my helmet on, you know, I get on the track, I'm like, man, I'm ready to go. And then if exactly. I get to bathroom with somebody that's 220, six four, and I'm like, man, that's a big <laughs> dude and I just ran into him, you dog. I try to hurry up and take my helmet off. I'm like, all right, go back to regular jet. Hey, man, sorry, sorry. Hey, yeah, you you? I, I thought about that. Yeah, yeah but I don't oh, track, God. I'm like showing, showing fake muscles and, you know, all pumped up, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: I'm a small guy when the helmet comes off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I try to hurry. I've actually done that, man. I've, I'll never
3: forget being at, at Muddy Creek, and I was battling with a guy named Jonathan Fosky. He was a big boy, and he was fast. And, uh man, he hit me pretty hard, and I got... Pretty pissed about it. So, when we pulled off, you know, you hook a right and pull off at Muddy Creek. And as soon as we pulled off, I ran into his rear tire and I was like, hey, man, you know who you're messing with? And he dropped his bike and stood up. And I was like, you rode good. You did good, man. <laughs> that was I, I was like, holy cow, he would have killed me. Like, boys, I think. <laughs> He said, yeah, I'm going back to the
0: truck. I'm going back to the truck. Um, yeah, I boarded that mission really fast. The mission was <laughs> <all> <laughs> Push the eject uh, button. Yeah, let me <laughs> soar out, right out of here. Um speaking yeah. of local legends, uh, Jed, who is your local legend um that was just balls fast at the racetrack that you looked up to um, you know, before you got on big bikes and each time you saw them you were just in amazement. Um who was that who was that local legend when you think about it?
3: Um, I say I had a few local legends. I mean, Tyler Bright was a good friend of mine when I was younger, and yep. even though we're we same age, uh, Tyler excelled. You know, early at sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, he was a rear cross, supercross and and trying his best to to make it to the ranks, which was was neat because I hung out with Tyler, and he was one of the guys who accepted me as just a local sea rider, kind of, you know. Yep. Yep. He would show me, I show think me everybody about his gym accept- I think everybody
0: and- accepted you, though, Jed, right? Like, there was no well, – there, was, there mean, wasn't many people that – I mean, because I, I was around Bean and Zimmer and, like, all of those, right? And you were a little bit older, but um, I think everybody still respected you.
3: Yeah, they did. I mean, they did. I never really had anybody that was, like, super mean. I remember a couple kids, you know, obviously boys are boys, and kids would pick around and talk junk, and that's how it would be every now and then, but – uh for the most part that's why I still come to the track everybody is so cool they always have been but uh, Tyler Bright was one that he was just such a, a hard worker to earn his spot in racing which is something that you know you saw who who's local legend you know to me that's a legend for sure because he put a lot of work behind it yep. but then I also had guys that I hung out with that were the opposite they were not they didn't train they didn't do nothing they were just fast uh, like Cody Robbins back in the day he was a yep. kid that he could wake up at 12 o'clock and go ride at 1230 and be the fastest kid at the track. Yep. I don't know how, but just, you know, there's different people. So I had I had different influences, but it's cool because I've seen so many different influences. And I realized like right then, hey, some people have it, some people don't. Yep. But if you really want it, you'll put in the work. So if you do have it a little bit, you put in that work and you're going to have it, you know, because I watched like Tyler Bright, he's never threw a whip. No, he's never threw whips in racing. No, but he's won a race. Though. You know even race, race. You know he's that. a champion.
0: You TB, you're, you're right about that. TB, he's never threw
1: a whip Unreal. Never, never, never. Never seen him do it before. You know, Jim and, he's and had good Jim and Tickle and
0: uh, all of them were up there in Greensboro one day, out there on the arena cross track catapult, trying to teach him how to whip. And he, dude, he looked like he was not. Nope, straight up and down. Like, like a no, shellfish yeah <laughs> dude dude so <laughs> well, yeah day, but up. somehow it but was freaking he was he was he
3: was a he was, well, he, he was kind of guy that he trained so hard and he did things right and i loved hanging out with him because he was a motivator to me and he was a local legend for sure because like i said he he did all that at a young age and i don't think people realize but you know at 18 he had done he was up there he was racing supercross and outdoors yep. you know he was going to college in his in his 20s which is neat. Uh yeah. pretty neat lifestyle he did and I got a lot of respect for that guy so yeah, hey, Tyler uh, Bright, We crowned right him our, local
0: our first podcast that we had we crowned him as the local legend like he is like the epiphany of a local legend for the reasons
3: Well that's his middle that, name Tyler Local Bright. <laughs> yeah, pretty
0: pretty much so yeah he's got the crown of of, of everybody just because of what you talked about right like his you know just throughout his amateur career and all of that and he even accepted me and i was really really young you know what i'm saying but i was able to hang out with him up there in the um uh in the stands and ama arena crosses when he was winning and like all of that and man his parents were so nice at the racetracks and uh yeah. man I'll, I'll never forget those uh those windy hill rolling hills battles um you know, he would be right up there with Futrell and them and you look at him and it doesn't look like he's really doing anything because he's just so stale and just like, I wouldn't even call his technique even being perfect because elbows were a little, a little iffy sometimes, but at the end of the day, he got it done and, and in racing, it doesn't matter. He got it done. And man, he definitely, I mean, he
3: he was a very good, Good rider, and he worked hard. Like I said, he worked hard for it. So that was a neat, neat thing to grow up watching. And he was—he was always, like I said, he accepted everybody, and his family was cool. So he's—he's he's a local local legend for sure. Which North Carolina is hard, man. There's so many people that come from here
1: Yeah. that work that
3: fast. It's so, um, Like, there's so many I could. I forgot about more people than I probably even know
0: right now that that were oh, bro. and that were. We could go, we could go through so, like pages and, pages and pages of pages of racers that have just come just from North Carolina that never got the spotlight that they deserved and that's why honestly we do the local legend segment to do that. Like yourself, right? Like oh, I don't believe I really name, anybody yeah. else that would, you know, kinda kinda put spotlight on guys that really didn't um you know, get the Upbringing that they should have in the sport, but go ahead, Heavy D.
1: I was gonna say I can name one right now. I know Jed probably re- remembers him. Zach, you probably would too. You remember Zach Oliver?
3: Yep. Oh yeah, I talked to him last He came to Black Acorn Road about maybe a two, three weeks ago. Maybe when I rode there, really, he was on a 1852 stroke Yeah, man, it was so cool to see him. I was good buddies with Zach. He was, he's a good dude. Humble that dude,
1: did he could flat out get down on a dirt bike?
3: Yeah, he was an unknown guy. Nobody really oh, knew yeah. who he was because he he didn't um he didn't do a lot of traveling. He was kind of a local guy, of course, but uh he could go to a regional and and do one of the fastest guys there on the eighty or on you know on mini bikes. Oh, absolutely. He, know, he
1: won a moto at Loretta's. He did, didn't he? Yeah,
0: okay. he won a moto at Loretto. Yep, yep. Uh what that was uh was that eleven or ten? Who's hmm. that? Yeah,
3: I would say that's yeah. probably before that. It? Yeah, it was before that. I uh, would not like 2005, probably. Yeah, probably four or five when he was on mini bikes. So I noticed, oh, yeah. when he I was on mini 80s. bikes.
0: Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. I think probably in like a 12 to 13 class or something. He he,
1: he, he Okay, right, uh, yeah, he
0: was a little bit older than I was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he said yeah, he did. He a close.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he it was. See, I hadn't even start. I didn't start riding though. Oh six, oh seven. I was around it in 06 that's when I started to meet all y'all. When Garrett and them opened up his track over there, that's when I met like uh, Jed Tyler, Aaron Whitfield. Um, golly, there's it, so many more of them like Dale Davis.
0: The list. Oh, yeah. There's I, a
3: local. There's an old school local,
0: Joe, Brian Smith. Like I met so many of them. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. That, that's... that don't get the spotlight that they deserve, and yeah, from as many races and things that um you know we've seen i mean it's it's unreal i mean the the rolling hills battles to me is what stands out i don't know if there's like any real like is there a track that you miss seeing all the really good battles with like a really like th- probably that that range of 04 to like 09 2010 was a lot of fast guys like, at least maybe, oh, yeah. like, I mean, in the 80s, we had JT and, you, you know, Cody Robbins, and we had Futrell, we had Smith, we had um, uh, KP, we had Tickle there for a little bit. I mean, there was a there was a lot of guys that came up. Cooper came up. I mean, there's a lot of guys oh, dude, that people I'm... don't know that came up through the ranks you, in, in this area. Or and then you or had, nine. like,
3: you had the Balfour brothers. Like, they were always pretty good, but like, there was a bunch of people who didn't who don't race anymore, that were still, like, decent, like, Travis Poole was fast on a, you know, we all Yeah, Travis, yeah, yeah, yep. Travis Travis Hall, Poole, Josh yeah.
0: Hall, like, dude, there's yeah, a, there's a there's, lot, there's a lot of guys that were fast, for sure. Names
3: not forever. You know, it's weird, we're in a sport that's like a very large, but very small world. You yes. Know, small world sport where everybody knows everybody, but it's also such a large sport, like, there's a lot of people, My, you know, I think my speed or, are going the same speed nowadays. I mean, you could have the top C riders, your top bet riders, and your mid-pack A riders, and your top B riders. Like, everybody's fast. There's a lot of fast people, you know. And it's always been that way with motocross. But people come and go, you know. So every year you'll see, like, a new guy come in or somebody, you know, disappears that don't show back up the next year. But uh, it's always That's
1: why I, I like. I know Zach was saying, like, it would have been cool if it had been a podcast or some talk about it back mm-hmm. in the day because everything that went down, like, Zach, we're just talking about a track that you would probably, what was a track that you would probably say that was sick and had a bunch of battles, and I, the one I always heard about, I never got Parker to ride. I, the, the, year, the year they closed down, this, the year I started riding, and that was Parker Valley. And Parker I heard Valley. So, so much sick stuff about Parker Valley.
3: Parker Valley was neat. It was there was a lot of battles, like you said. That track had it had some weird jumps. I wasn't a huge fan. Uh, had a lot of little singles that went up the hills and stuff. It was to me just pointless. But for some reason, that track had the best racing of track in that time period. Uh, Alessi brothers, so many people showed up to have them races at Parker Valley, and uh, it was pretty pretty intense racing all the time there. And was that's there... back in the, the serious raceware time, too. So, like, I say it was big, but they were making the motivation videos and stuff. So, yeah, there was a lot of battles and a lot of fast people. I mean, Matt Bonney, Tyler Bright, uh, Utrell, Wes Smith. I can name just a, a ton of people that were all riding on that same team in a sense. And they all, you know, the D class and the schoolboy and the pro classes were always stacked with some fast people, always,
0: every weekend. <laughs> Every single weekend. Like it didn't matter where we went. It was every do you remember that um that Myrtle Beach track that we went to that was all black sand, Jacksonville? Oh yeah. Yep. Dude. Yeah, I I remember those
3: tracks. Jacksonville Max and uh Myrtle Beach Motorsports.
0: (laughs) Dude, I just I remember it being so hot and we were down there and uh I think Zimmer got his motorhome stuck, and we had to pull him out or something like that. And then, oh man, that was that was one of the tracks. I think they only went only a handful of times, but we had the banquet um, down there too. And I know you went to some of those banquets, right?
3: Oh yeah, yeah. I used to have more fun at the banquets than I did at the track. Oh, I'm Chef tr- Langdon's <laughs> Chef was a he was so much fun to be around when he was not stressed out at the track, you know?
0: Yeah. So. The Shep was, was, was such a good guy, a good man. Shep was such a good guy. Yeah, he guy.
3: was. He kept motocross, so he tried his best to make motocross as good as he could. And it was funny because I didn't know, you know, when I was a little kid, I never knew exactly what he did or who he was, but I always seen him, and I always seen him smoking that corncob pipe Yep, and yelling at people. I'm like, why is this old man always yelling at people and just smoking that pipe walking around the track? You know? <laughs> and then I realized, man, is running the series, and he's like, you know, he was the District 29 man. So over the years, I got to know him more and more, and he was helping me out as a kid, paid for me to ride an extra class, because I could only ride one usually. Yeah. And was just super, super cool. So, and that's, you know, everything goes back to, like you said earlier, why do I keep coming back? And same thing, there. It's like, man, it's cool to see people like him you know, and and I kind of want to be the same way. In a sense of, I, I care about the sport. So if I just let it go and, and take off away from it, I feel like it would be a piece of me that, the rest of my life, I'll wonder like, man, what would have happened if I'd have stuck around and, and kept building tracks or kept helping the kids or, you know, I was. I feel like it would be a a tough thing for me to to get completely out of it. And it, but it doesn't make sense or it's not affordable for me to go outside of my local local lifestyle my my local series unit it makes sense just to stay around here and rip dirt rice for fun and if Zach Newberry has a banana he needs me to peel it I'll peel it you know
0: (laughs) absolutely man (laughs) and uh man it, it was uh it was good to have you on here uh first time on the pod and I know for sure it won't be uh the last and uh myself and Heavy D have uh don't don't worry when we get a studio and it's me and him in a room and we get to talk back and forth trust me he won't be too quiet but like we were actually kind of talking about in the announcers booth it's pretty hard to um i guess really kind of see you know because you don't see the person right so but when you have the person in front of you you can kind of uh bring a little bit more to the table as far as uh talking and you know points and stuff like that but uh man whenever we do get a studio we're definitely gonna have to get you down there and uh heavy on a pod for sure but hey i do appreciate you and uh the entire ridge uh mx crew on bringing a phenomenal track back and what a return this weekend uh in sanford north carolina so um jed i appreciate it man you're a local legend and uh in my eyes especially after this interview and knowing getting to know you more and i i I know the listeners are gonna greatly appreciate it. So thanks a lot for coming on, Jed.
3: Oh uh, thank you guys, man. It means a lot for you to give me a call and, and allow me to be on here and I appreciate what you did this weekend. now we just gotta have a uh we gotta plan an imperative index uh party slash ride days, right?
0: Yeah, man. We're hey, we're working on we're working <laughs> on it and I'll uh I'll keep you in the loop.
3: Sounds good, guys. I'll take care. Thanks, heavy D. You know it, Jed.
0: All right yep. later.
3: Until next time. Later.
0: And that was the local legend, Jed Dry here on the Imperative MX Podcast. Episode number 21 brought to you by the amazing people over there at Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, man. Heavy D, Jed, what a guy. What a guy.
1: Dude, um, a full legend, bro. I remember coming into the sport, dude. Like, when we first like, got my bike, my case 100. like, any race we that, he'd always come over and hang out, hang up, chat it up with my dad, and, like, just give, like, good corners on what we could do to make the bike better, or, like, something wasn't right. He's like, hey, dude, you do this, probably held out a lot. Like, that's just the kind of guy he is. He's always looking to help and, you know, being involved, and it shows, like, he's, he's somebody that's a lot good for sport, man, and also the younger generation you like can always
0: mark something for him no absolutely and he's such a he's such a good guy and I mean I learned probably more than i have in the in the years that I've known known him uh just in that uh 45 minute conversation or however long uh we had him or you know on this episode here and uh man he does it for the right reasons and it's good to see that um and when he brought up the Shep Langdon and remember him walking around and yelling at people man i i remember that but i remember him being the face of uh the district 29 series and it's cool that we kind of looked at him the same and um you know gave him authority and all of that and uh with the ridge and the mx or you know the ridge mx return this weekend and amazing battles from the super mini class all the way down to the shaft class all the way to the 30 plus um man there was a lot of good racing this weekend and other than that, heavy D. I mean, there. I mean, I just wanted to thank everybody that came up to the announcers' tower, talked to us, um, the entire crew in CMX, the entire Ridge MX, um, everybody that was associated that came out, uh, whether you were a spectator or a racer or a parent or a, you know, a sister-in-law of a racer or whatever, um, you know reasoning that you were there at the racetrack this weekend myself and heavy d definitely do appreciate it and uh man i, I feel like the local scene is in a good spot right now heavy d oh
1: 100 like you said definitely well once again thank you to everybody but this the local scene is awesome like the battles that was going on the atmosphere like Dude, that's how, like, local racing should be, like, you know, it should be, like, it don't matter where you are in the sport, if you're a top amateur or, you know, somebody who's just getting into it. Like, I feel like if you come local racing, it helps out so much on both ends. Like, you're not going to get anything bad out of local racing. I mean, that's where it starts. Like, like I always say, you always say, that's where you learn your race. told me, it's funny, he said, when I first started, he was like, you know, we didn't get to ride 50s, you didn't ride 60s.
0: All the blood into all of the racing that we get to watch professionally and uh, really just keeps all of these people that come to the racetrack because they love the same sport that we do. That's what keeps them going and uh, you know allows these vendors and these sponsors and everybody to get together to run a successful series throughout the year with a great banquet. And I'm not even speaking just for NCMX. I'm speaking of the series that are around The area that we know um man they all do a phenomenal job um in my opinion and uh man (sighs) heavy d before we end this episode we do have uh the next topic of the ama supercross championship monster energy ama supercross brought to you by Monster Energy Supercross 6 brought to you by Monster Energy Supercross. So, um but a, it's a clean slate right now, Heavy D, between the two title contenders, Eli Tomac and Cooper Webb. This honestly is unbelievable.
1: Hold on. What do you mean it's a clean slate?
0: It's a clean slate. They're tied. They're tied in points. It's like... It's, oh, yeah. Yeah, It they're it's a clean slate. They're tied in points.
1: You had me throw it off for a minute. I thought you was about to say, like, a point reset. And I was about to say, hold on. Did I miss something?
0: No, no. It might, I mean, shit, it might as well be by this point, you know. Um, yeah. But, man, like, going into this Triple Crown this weekend, Eli's good at them. Um I Cooper is also good at them. Um man like and Chase obviously is going to be fast. Can he keep it together for 20 laps and not fall over, right? That's going to be you know the that's going to be the key. So we'll see what what can happen there, but as far as the championship title goes, we're at round number 12 this weekend. We only have 5 more after this. So, right. Who do you have right now with this, you know, pretty much points at tied um with the re- with the remaining rounds coming up, who do you have uh as your as your pick for uh the title?
1: Oh, golly. I know this
0: is I know this is a hard question. I'll go ahead and give I'll go ahead and give mine. I think I think Webb's gonna do it. I was gonna go Tomac there for a second, but I'm just gonna go Webb. I think the mental battles and the confidence that he has right now after he shot down Chase in the heat race. Oh, did you miss that? <laughs> no, I've seen mean that. Okay. Part. So after he shot yeah. Chase and he's been playing mind games a little bit here. I think it I think it may take over because Tomac hasn't had to deal with Webb yet and Webb hasn't had to deal with Tomac yet in a title fight. But based off stats, Webb obviously gets better as the year goes. Tomac allowed Anderson to get what, six straight wins last year at the end or whatever, but All I right, know that he was in, yeah. you know, he was pretty he was pretty um far up in the championship ahead uh because of the bad couple races that Anderson had. Um I think Webb might I, I think I think Webb can get it done. But at the same time I think that you can pretty much have an argument for both sides. I mean, this is going to be great. Mhm. So who we? So yeah. Who who you picking, Heavy D? Who 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 you got? Who you got? Et three or CW two?
1: Dude, I honestly, I uh, I gotta go with the mental side, and I'm going CW two. And, and and the reason is, I I think he feels like this is possibly Tomac's last. Season, possibly in Supercross, mm-hmm. so he wants that right to say he beat him straight up.
0: Yep, yep. I can see that as well. I can see that yeah, as so, well.
1: That's that's why I'm going that, that route.
0: Yeah, I think I think just the mental strength is gonna is going to uh, come into play really heavily here, um, and it may even start with Webb this weekend so um, it'll be really interesting to see uh, what happens but honestly this is so good for the sport um it is awesome that we, you know we have these two guys an amazing story both of them two times champion like you said tomac this may be his last year can Webb kind of knock off the veteran of the sport and you know him you know take over right? Um, man, this is this is gonna be cool. I'm so excited. Uh, going to Atlanta, going to New Jersey, and going to, um, Nashville. So, uh, that will be good.
1: Oh, 100. It's gonna be, it's gonna be sweet, and I can't wait. Like, it's definitely gonna be a dog fight. But I just feel like Toop has it on his mind, man. I really do.
0: Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And then, um, obviously, uh, I don't really think there's really much else to talk about in the 450 class. We can go through each rider and, you know, uh, do that. But for right now, with the episode that we had, and uh, we're almost catching up on two hours here, but uh, in the 250 class, we'll run through that. McAdoo um, came out today and said that he will not be racing, or not him, but the team came out and said that he will not be racing this weekend. He had a practice crash, so unfortunately, the Pro Circuit Kawasaki uh, luck is not going in their way, um, unfortunately, so they will have, I do not think they will have a rider this weekend at the track, uh, which is going to be a little crazy. So, be on the lookout for that, but honestly, I didn't check to see if they have anybody else, so don't quote me on that. But I do know that McAdoo is not racing. Um, and Jet, can the Lawrence Brothers' streak of no Triple Crown wins be stopped this weekend in Glendale? Do you think Jet can get the overall and stop the Lawrence Brothers' Triple Crown disaster from their eyes, pretty much, on, um... Triple Crowns? Can he can he get it done this weekend, Heavy D? Dude,
1: it's, it's it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. I just, man, this, oof. Somebody's gonna have to stop them, but dude, they're just too good right now. Honestly, they are. Dude,
0: they they really are, right? So, it's gonna be really interesting to see because now. Looking right, you only have to think that RJ is going to be the guy that needs to kind of dethrone him and uh, thrasher or not thrasher. I'm sorry, uh, kitchen, right? But man, I mean, just looking at that, right? Jets, a Jeff's a step ahead of them, so it just can Jet not take himself out? Um, maybe the um, better question moving forward. Or do you think RJ yeah. do you think RJ and Kitchen can maybe battle him? And and you know I mean it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if you know they're able to come up on top uh right you know after um you know if Jet were to have those mistakes but if Jet pulls a whole shot we don't think anybody is going to pass him and win, right? No,
1: no, no, no. Um Man, RJ's right there, but just the fact of passing him and beating him, that's going to be a tough – that's going to be a tough task. Like, RJ was up there, you know, you made a mistake. <laughs> I feel like uh, Pierce, if he gets up there, to be a different story. He just always – when he gets right there, it just seems to be, you know, Darren Jet gets right there. Yeah. He gets out front, and he gets gone.
0: Right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I hope that we see um, not a um, boring three race main event uh, for these for these guys in the 250 class. I hope somebody can get in there and and make a race out of it. I want to see I want to see a race, and I want to see Jet have to have to battle. Um, I don't want him to walk the you know walk the dog, and I'm not saying that you know he is walking the dog, um, but right now he is uh, a little bit. Uh, step ahead of the guys for sure. So um, it'll be interesting, but w- I think all eyes are going to be on the 450 class this weekend. Heavy D.
1: Yeah, the 450 class is going to be just like you say. Jet, and Hunter, they've like they've did their thing in the 250 class, but 450 class is a different story. You know, yeah. Webb's right there. is still right there. I mean, Comac and Webb. Let me rephrase that. I'm sorry. Tomac and Webb. So, yes. Yeah, all eyes are on that because they put on a show.
0: No, uh, they're going to for sure, and it is going to be awesome, and we get to see them race a lot, get to see them on the track a lot, so that will be good. Um, and, yeah, I can't, I can't wait. And, uh, man, if you're not a fan <laughs> – you're really missing out. Like all the guys at work, they do not care about the sport. And it's like, unbelievable. We work a blue collar job and you guys are not, uh, stoked on the gnarliest sport. And these guys being so close in the title fight, but Hey, you know, whatever, you know, it's the greatest sport ever. <laughs> it's the greatest sport on, on yeah. earth. It's the greatest sport on earth. Nobody can ever tell me any difference. So, um, but man, what a phenomenal episode number 21, here on the Imperative MX podcast, we spoke with Kyle Bitterman about his AMA Arena Cross championship second overall this year. Then we got into some got into some real local with Jed Dry, the Local Legend segment brought to you by Dirt Industries Custom Graphics talking about his uh, local motocross racing riding the Banana this weekend, the Ridge MX and uh, a lot a lot more from Jed and Kyle the two call-ins on this episode. And then, of course, we wrapped it up with a little bit of Supercross talk coming, coming up this weekend in Glendale, so don't miss out on that. And a big thanks again to the companies who make this all possible. West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, Silver Valley MX Park, Hydropower, Mika Metals, and Total Control, Racing suspensions. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Imperative MX podcast. Make sure to follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Apple, Spotify, and check out imperativemx.com when you get the chance and all of these social media platforms. From myself, Zach Newberry, and co host Heavy D. See y'all next week. What? Hey.